This is Ryan Lee. You're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley and he scores. What a goal from Josh Bird. Kayla Trainer slips and scores. You're kidding me. By Dylan Ward. Gets topside wrap. Oh, scores. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Adam Moore and Hutton Jackson. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's up, Pro Lacrosse fans? Welcome to another edition of Pro Lacrosse Talk presented by Fanatics. Reminder to visit prolacrossetalk.com slash shop or prolacrossetalk.com slash nllshop-ca for your official NLL team gear. I'm Hunton Jackson, joined by my co-host Adam Moore as usual, and we are fresh off a PLL trade involving two players we both expected to move. Um, we spoke about Jake Forcaro and Andrew Q potentially being moved last episode via trades. Didn't expect both of them be traded so soon, and we'll be honest, we didn't expect them both to be traded for each other. But that's what happened, Adam. So let's start off with the fresh PLL news right off the bat. Thoughts on this trade and the fact that our two top guys this offseason have already gotten moved. Hey, uh, we had our uh, hand on the pulse, I guess, finger on the pulse, right, <laughs> to, to, in terms of uh, who, who could be moved this offseason. Um, you know, it, it was interesting to see the Jake Ficaro news drop, and Andrew Q wasn't on uh, the player movement uh, page right right away, so we didn't know what the return for for Jake was going to be. And then when when it popped up that it was Andrew Q, I was like, "Holy crap! Our our, our predictions were correct." So um, yeah, it was it was cool to see, and uh, both are in really good situations. Probably should have expected something like this, you know, Coach Towers bringing in uh, another Canadian guy, um, another sharpshooter, which I'm really excited to see uh, how Andrew will be. Uh, utilized uh, in that in that uh, chaos offense uh, next summer and uh, for for Jake he, he's added to uh, a midfield that that lost Paul Rabel due to retirement so uh, I think they're both in, in better places and have opportunities to really succeed next summer yeah he has another lefty you know they already got Mac O'Keefe uh, Josh Byrne and Chris Cloutier over there um, so on the lefty side and now you add Andrew Q as well um so yeah this I mean this offense is loaded with Canadian talent um he just keeps adding another one and you keep thinking he's done and he's not so yeah we should have probably expected it um but yeah the the way this trade kind of went down too is again me and you both expected for Carr to be moved so we were kind of you know thinking he was going to be the first domino effect and he was um shout out to at Timmy Tay who actually pointed out that it showed up on the transactions page so I'm sure the PLL wasn't anticipating um, it showing up on the transactions page right away. And that's being how the news broke. But, um, you know, Timmy Tay pointed it out to us. So we blasted it out that for car had been traded. We didn't know what the return was because Andrew Q, as you said, was not on the transactions page yet. So I thought it might be just some draft picks, um, but ends up being Andrew Q plus next year's third rounder from the Cannons, um, which is a conditional pick because if the Cannons end up in the championship this year that actually turns into a second rounder, which I think that's our first conditional pick we've seen um, in a PLL trade. And I think it makes a lot of sense, especially since there's only eight teams. Um, you know, that's the difference between a few draft spots. If, you know, the cannons do make it to the championship. Um, but I love this trade. I, I love yeah. this fit. Obviously, you know, we talked about Andrew Q great fit on the chaos, despite, you know, them being a little overcrowded. So it's going to be interesting to see what lineup he rolls out each week, just because there is, so much talent on that offense. That's why I didn't really expect 
cue to go there. Um, I thought, well, they have too many lefties already, but he can never get enough Canadian lefties, as we can see. But for Carl, I think this makes a lot of sense. You know, now that Paul Rabel's retired, um, there's an absence there. Um, you know, Connor Busick's still young, but with his Cornell commitments, he might not always be in the lineup either. So I think the Cannons definitely needed to add a midfielder. Um, and I think Fricaro is, you know, the best one on the market right now. And I think he's going to fit into this offense really, really well. You know, we've seen, we know we can shoot from range, um, but he's a do it all midfielder. I mean, we saw during the chaos run in 2020, you know, he was feeding the ball a lot too. And they've used him in a lot of variety of different ways. So that's why it was still a head scratcher when he was a healthy scratch during this 2021 championship run. Um, obviously we know because of the personnel that, Coach Tower said they wanted to go with with Kyle Jackson um, in Westburg. That's what made him a healthy scratch. But, um, you know, it wasn't that for Carl wasn't having success in this offense either. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of dip in production in 2021. But I think he's in a much better home now with the Cannons. I think it's a win-win for both teams. You know, again, I think Towers is able to get another player that's pro-ready. Um, not that a draft pick wouldn't have been nice. But again, like he's already, you know, kind of pressed with roster spots right now. I don't know how much. He's looking to this draft to make an impact, maybe grabbing a defender there um, to kind of, you know, add another pull. But um, for the most part, yeah, this trade was, uh, I thought, pretty even. And what a way to start off the offseason uh, with a bang. Um, and I, while I don't know if we're going to see many more trades of that caliber, we might see a few. I don't think we're going to see huge trades. Uh, there's some other movement as well. Curse Dixon, Challenge Rogers get added back to the Chaos Active roster. Ryan Cole's added to the Whip Snakes roster, and Jesse King was added to the Chrome. Uh, you know, those guys were on the unavailable to travel list last year. Um, addition to the Chrome, JT Giles Harris looks like he's healthy, just recently signed with Maverick. Um, so they're expecting him to make an impact this season. And TD Erland, who obviously went down with a nasty injury last season, uh, was re added to the Redwoods roster. Um, and then some players going to the player pool, Tommy Palasek. Um, who, you know, made a little bit of an impact on Chrome in his short stint. Miles Thompson was dropped to the player pool. Uh, Nick Manis was dropped to the player pool. And Kyle Gallagher was dropped to the player pool. So I think Kyle Gallagher was probably the one made for uh, roster construction, dropping him. Whereas the other three, um, you know, we don't really know what their status is. I think Tommy Palasak is probably still looking to play. Um, I'm not sure about Miles Thompson and Nick Manis this, this season, but um, th that was some other movement that happened. Um, Adam, what are your thoughts? Do you think, uh, you know, we're going to see any more trades or do you think it's going to be more player pool? I mean, the one discussion that I think we talked about last season that I want to kind of get your thoughts on is the idea of having Jack and Cannon and JD Kyle Russo both on the Atlas roster. Do you think they decide to, you know, keep both those guys around or could we see a, a trade happen kind of like Dylan Ward last season? Yeah, I, I think they end up keeping both guys on the roster. You saw in, in years past a, a, a team like the uh, the Archers uh, have a two goalie system and it work out. I, I think uh, not to say that the Atlas are going to do that, but I think that it's always good and healthy to have a strong competition going in uh, to training camp at, at that position. We saw with the Atlas last year, you need a really strong backup. So mm -hmm. um, whether whether it's one or the other guy, um, I think it's super pivotal for to have a, a strong backup. And you saw it with the whips too, right? We saw Brian Phipps uh, hopping cage for them when Kyle Burnlore uh, mm -hmm. wasn't too hot. I'm really interested to see um, – kind of just the roster construction and makeup of these teams going forward. You know um, you mentioned not necessarily a, a major trade, but uh, I, I'm curious to see, you know, um, our coach is going to be talking with one another about guys um, as, as the roster crunches happen, you know, those fringe mm -hmm. guys that uh, they may move to the player pool, are they going to uh, kind of, put out feelers saying, Hey, this guy uh, might not land on, on my roster. Come, um, come the drop date. Uh, are you interested in him for X pick or, or, or swapping uh, those fringe guys? So I think uh, working around the margins is how you win championships. And um, I'm curious to see uh, some mo more moves go down as uh, the off season progresses. Yeah. And I think it's going to be tough for teams uh, too, because I think coaches knowing that, you know, they're strapped for cash now, um, they're going to be a little bit more limited in their options. You know, they can't necessarily trade for a big name without knowing, okay, well, I'm actually going to have to allot, you know, a big salary to him um, as well. And do I have that, that room? They kind of have to project out. So, yeah, I think you might see more player pool movement. Um, you know, the Chrome, I think, are an interesting one just because they have a ton of pieces that are either coming back or retired. You know, Joel White, John Galloway retire. They're getting Randy Stotts back. They're hopefully getting a you know, healthy um, Jordan Wolf back. 
Um, you know, they've got some guys that are getting up there in age that might be retiring, you know, after this season. Um, so are they looking kind of to the, the future, looking towards the draft, you know, to fill some voids? Uh, they had the number one pick, so that's going to immediately make an impact, uh, whoever they end up going with that uh, at number one. Um, but yeah, that's, that's interesting to me, um, you know, what the Chrome end up doing and whether they're satisfied with Connor Farrell at the faceoff position, or maybe they try to make a, a move for a faceoff guy. The faceoff position, I think, is the most interesting, and that's where I think you could see another trade potentially happen. Otherwise, I think most teams sit pat. Sure. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and you, you mentioned I, the, the Chrome are such in, in an interesting situation. You know, you mentioned JT Giles Harris, right? Coming mm-hmm. off. He uh, is going to be a, hopefully a impact rookie coming in uh, this year after not playing last, last season. So yeah, I, I think that roster is going to look a lot different um, than, than it did when we saw them last play. And I'm really excited uh, to see uh, how coach Suda really uh, puts that uh, offense together and, and builds that roster and, and what we see uh, come them from them coming out of training camp. No, absolutely. And then the PLO also released the 2022 draft order. And so the total of picks Atlas have six picks, uh, which is huge. Um, Archers, cannons, Chrome, chaos, and whips all have four. Um, but, you know, to be noted, the chaos have two in that first round. Um, and then Redwoods and Water Dogs only have three. So, um, you know, not many picks, you know, for Redwoods and Water Dogs, but those are two teams I think are pretty set. Um, you know, Archers are another team. I just don't see them making really any moves um, this offseason. They do. They are aging, but I think they're a team that feels good where they're at right now, thinks they just need to get over the hump, and I don't see them making too many drastic moves. I think they try to get a face-off guy, um, you know, during uh, the draft, but, you know, they are a team that maybe if you are looking to make a splash, uh, I think it would be at the face-off position. That's, I think, their only real weakness. Um, you know, I think they felt good about Stephen Kelly last year, but I think if they really want to be a championship team, um, that's kind of the move they have to make. So maybe we'll see a trade there. Maybe we'll see a little bit of a carousel with face-off guys. But again, they're a team I don't see making too many moves. Um, and like I said, the Cromer one that it's interesting the approach they take. And when you have more draft picks, you know, like the Atlas. Um, do you use those as capital to acquire current pro players or do you, you know, get younger players and kind of build for the future? I mean, the Atlas, it worked out for them last year. They're super competitive despite trading a lot of their older guys away. So for them, you know, it worked out for them to acquire draft capital and, and draft some young guys. And, you know, ultimately I think that will help too salary wise, because, um, you know, these draft picks, have certain base salaries once they come into the league. So that's definitely something that's going to be on coaches radars going forward. But that is our thoughts on this PLL off season that got off to a bang. Now let's talk some NLL. And before we talk the weekend's games, I want to talk about their partnership at MGM that just came out on Friday um, down to the wire right before this weekend, but did, they wasted no time getting those lines on this ESPN broadcast. So that was great to see, um, but exciting news, you know, commissioner Savicevich said that last um, their last deal with BetMGM expired because they didn't weren't able to renew after the shortened season, understandably. Um, decided to renew. It came a little bit later than we, I think, expected, but very exciting that they have a sports book, official sports book partner in the U.S. Now they have one in Canada, uh, Sports Interaction, as well as BetMGM in the U.S. So I uh, haven't gotten lines yet as of Wednesday, but hopefully we'll get lines up on BetMGM soon. Also been on Caesars, as we mentioned, but if you guys are interested in sports betting and maybe you were holding off till they announced a sports book partner in the U.S., uh, definitely check out Bet on Lacrosse. Dan Newbert does a great job with that show, um, so we definitely recommend you guys checking that out. But um, thoughts on this U.S. sports book, Adam? You know, I know I've been doing some betting on the NLL uh, through Caesars. Um, are you going to do any coming up soon or uh, – you kind of uh, waiting to see, you know, how these teams continue to do because it's still been tough to pick these games. Yeah, I'm, I might throw a couple uh, long plays on there at some point. Uh, once the uh, once I'm in, if I take a visit to New Jersey, right? Since I'm in Maryland, it's not officially uh, I'm not officially able to bet here yet, just yet. Um, but uh, definitely gonna take a look. Exciting news, right? We've been uh, waiting for this for a little bit. They had a partnership, and then. Um, we were waiting on, on the new one. So I'm, I'm excited to, uh, that for this, for the league. And, uh, as we talked, uh, with the commissioner, um, getting new eyes on the sport, uh, is, is such a big part, uh, of kind of growing the game, um, and growing the league in particular. So, um, the, the more opportunities for that, um, just like we said with the ESPN deal, someone just scrolling through to be able to see a lacrosse game, click on it and they get hooked. 
same with betters, right? They're, they're, mm-hmm. People bet on third division German soccer, right? So why wouldn't they bet on uh, the, the NLL uh, a league uh, in North America? And uh, hopefully that gets them hooked and more interested um, and, and brings revenue and, and eyes uh, to the sport. So uh, not a bad thing. Excited to uh, see this jump off and uh, ready to get a few bets under my belt. No, absolutely. You have to come visit me in New Jersey now. More of a reason to. <laughs> yep. Um, we'll get into these NLL games, but before we do, we actually uh, were able to talk to a member of a team that had the weekend off, and that was Ryan Lee, coming off a career-high 12 points in Colorado's win over Vancouver last week. So let's talk to our interview that we had earlier with him. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today on Pro Lacrosse Talk, we are lucky to be joined by Ryan Lee, who's hot off a 12-point night that saw the Mammoth rally and defeat the Vancouver Warriors 18-15. to Ryan, thanks for joining us today. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. Of course, let's kind of start off with that big night. You know, you had a career high, 12 points on two goals and 10 assists. Um, and it was a game where you guys started down 7 nothing. So talk a little bit about the team coming back and getting that win in Vancouver. Yeah, it was definitely a tough start. Um, going down 7 right away in, in any sport, you're like, what's going on here? How can we come back? Um, I mean, up up on the O-door, it's hard to pay attention to the D as much. We're, we're kind of doing what we're doing up front. We kept our composure. Um, we didn't get down on each other. We weren't getting down on what was going on. We knew the D wasn't going to let that happen anymore. They were going to stop them to, uh, to, to I, I don't know what the final was, but they held them. I mean, after seven goals in the first, I think it was like six minutes. Um, so we kept our composure. We, we knew we had to do to come back and we kept it kind of light. We didn't, we didn't get pissed at guys. We weren't getting mad. It was like, no, this, this is our game. We're going to come back from it. That's awesome. Yeah, it was definitely a wild ride to watch that one just back and forth battle. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch, but uh, obviously we'll dive more into uh, Mammoth talk and, and some PLL as well. But uh, let's let's go a little bit further back talking about growing up in Ontario. When did you first pick up a stick? Um, I first started when I was four, I think I was four years mm-hmm. old. My brother is uh, he's a bit he's six years older than me. So he was he was always playing. And so it was kind of no one else really in my family that I know about ever played lacrosse. So okay. he was kind of the first and then he, he got me into it. Um, I, I was always the, uh, the, the kid running around the rink while he was playing. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, I, I don't know. I think I was four years old and then it was, it just kind of picked up from there. Yeah. Ne- never put it down right after that, which is no, great. Ne- uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, you also a- attended the Hill Academy prior to college. How do you really think, talk about kind of how that, helped you propel your game to the next level your time at the hill that was probably the biggest stepping stone to get where I am now mm-hmm. um that was it wasn't only just going for like lacrosse skills and practice I mean you're there for you're there for school and it's it's it, it for me it was a huge maturing part of uh of growing up and kind of realizing that um lacrosse is an actual option that I can that I can pursue and I just have to put the time in and and be serious about it. So, I mean, they run that program like a, like a university. Um, Like we're up, I commuted with a guy from my hometown that I grew up playing with. Um, So we we were, we were getting to the field at like seven 30 in the morning. We had to leave our house at like six 30. Like it was, it it was a full university program in a high school. And so Mm -hmm. when I got to RIT, like that was, that's how it was. And I was, I was used to it already. And it was, it was, it was big for me. So going to the hill, I would say is probably the best decision I made that that helped me big time with lacrosse and just total life overall. No, that's great. And then you mentioned, you know, going to RIT after that, where you became RIT's all-time leader in goals with 237 and points with 373. You also finished seventh in goals in D3 history too. So pretty good career uh, with the Tigers. Talk about playing for the Tigers during your college career and how did, again, your game continue to evolve? I didn't, uh, I mean, I was never really like the star at the Hill. I was never like the the go-to guy for sure. Getting to RIT, I had a good connection with the coach. I knew a bunch of guys. Um, as you guys probably know, it's it's 50% plus Canadian. So yeah. I know a lot of the guys from home. 
And they kind of gave me the opportunity that like starting out, I was not expecting to start out my first year for sure. Um, being able to, to get that opportunity, like the first game, it was, it was awesome. I think our first game was in the Syracuse carrier dome against uh, Stevenson. And it was, it was nuts. Like I, I couldn't believe what was going on, but like, that could happen to anyone, right? They, they don't have to give you that shot as a freshman to start right away. So I got that and it was, it was huge for me. Um, I mean, I, I kind of, I loved it and it was, it was great for my, for my career at RIT. It was, it's a great school, great program that that's like, everyone says like D1 so much better than D3, but I mean, I, I have tons of friends that went D1. It sounds like a, a great time, but we were, I, I think just more of a relaxed um, experience, but still running like, intense morning practices, um, two a days, like it, it was still running like a D1 program. It was, it was awesome. How they coach Kuhn and, and Wilkie, how they run that program is, is it's, it's great. Yeah. You're talking to two other D3 guys. Yeah. So, um, although we weren't at RIT's level, uh, at no. D-Town and the sales, uh, not quite that, that high of a level, uh, definitely yeah, enjoyed our D3 experience as well. Yeah. And you guys just won the national championship in a thrilling fashion. Um, talk about that. Obviously you weren't a part of the team, but talk about, you know, seeing your boys kind of carry the trophy home and what a dramatic way to, to win a championship. It was, that game was nuts. Um, it's great for the program. I mean, it's, I'm so happy to see, especially Wilkie and, and Kuhn win a natty, but, um, it's awesome for the program. They, they put so much work and, and everyone at the school knows the lacrosse team, um, our athletic director, everyone there, like our, our athletic director who was there when I was there, he's, he's retired now, but he was, he was a big part of our whole program and he helped us big time to get where they got to eventually. But mm-hmm. that was a crazy game. Um, I'm happy for them. I mean, I talked to that night was pretty funny. I think I saw uh, Jordan McIntosh, Eli Salama guys that I went to school. Mm-hmm. So um, I saw them at the PLL camp the next day and it was, we were, we were all pretty fired up. It's, it's a huge win for the program. Yeah, absolutely. And and against a, a rival, right, that you guys have gone up against a couple of times before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a tough one to swallow. Um, yeah. they, they kicked us, they smoked us in our in my senior year. So it was nice to see them them lose yeah. one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's kind of dive in uh, to your pro career a little bit. After RIT, you were drafted by, by the Mammoth in 2017. Talk about draft night and how excited you were to hear your name called. Um, I was... I was very excited. It was in Oakville. So I close enough to home. I, I live like 30 minutes from there. So mm-hmm. um, I was able to go. It was awesome. I honestly had no idea where I was going to get drafted, mm-hmm. what number I was. Gonna, I, I wasn't really worried about that. I was just the whole experience of being there. Um, like seeing, seeing buddies in the past, they get drafted. So it's finally year to year you get to go. So, I mean, I think uh, I, I want to say Colorado was actually the only team that called me and they had one pick and it was, I think I was 25th overall. So mm-hmm. I was, uh, I didn't really know where I was going, but going to Colorado, I think it was probably the best opportunity for me. Um, like looking at it now, I, I didn't really know at the time, but definitely now I would say that that was, that was a great team to go to. Um, I love it here. I'm living in Colorado right now. It's, it's the best. That's awesome. You know, and you've kind of been a staple of that offense for, uh, you know, the past four years, um, how do you think you've developed though? Like, was there a big adjustment period to when you got into the league between your rookie season, anybody kind of taking under your wing or, um, kind of just talk about the process of going from a rookie to now, you know, playing four years uh, in the league. Yeah. My first year, uh, the 2017, 18 season, I, I didn't really play. I played, I want to say like six, eight games, maybe, um, about half the season. So, that was a tough one for me, but I, I actually think that helped me overall in my career. Like that, that kind of made me go into the off season. Like I got to put a lot of work in to make this team next year. Um, there's guys better, way better than me that are on the team right now that I, I have to take their spots. So it, it almost helped me to get to where I am now. I, I would have loved to say I played the whole, um, my, my whole first season. That would have been great and, and continue from there, but that's not how it worked. But to like where I am now I mean my coaches my first year um Gillian Stroopy our offensive coaches who were great um but coming into my second year we had we got Sean Williams who like I don't know if you could say took me under his wing but he 
like RIT gave me the opportunity to play and get, he kind of made me the guy at times where that helped big time. And it, it really helped me to get to where I am now on the team. I mean, it, it sucks big time. That was, that was a tough one to lose him um, this season, but he's, he helped me a lot and, and he kind of, he put me into the offense where I could fit in and it, it was big. Yeah, and, and obviously off to a hot start. You guys are three and one right now, a second in the West. Uh, talk about vibes in the locker room right now. How you guys feeling? It's early, but you guys are starting off all right. It's it's early, um, really early. We had our it's we had our New Year's Eve game canceled. I guess it was. So mm-hmm. it was. Uh, it's tough not to. You only get to see the guys Friday to Sunday every weekend, and then everyone goes back to their home and goes to their jobs. So um coming in like it, it sucked not seeing each other that weekend but when we came in for the Vancouver game it's like wow we're, we're so happy to be back again um now we have another two weeks off we have two weekends off until the 29th but we're we're all excited we know it's early we can't get ahead of ourselves um I think we kind of did that after the first game when we put up I think 16 goals and then we we came out and and we were flat against uh I think it was yeah San Diego so we can't ride it too high. Um, we're, it's a great, great group of guys in the locker room. Um, awesome to be around. So when we get back together for the 29th game, it'll be, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. No, for sure. And in addition to playing in the NLL, you also play field lacrosse. Uh, you're a member of the Denver Outlaws in the MLL um, the past couple seasons before playing for the Redwoods in the PLL this past summer. How's playing lacrosse year round kind of help you in the box game and then vice versa and talk a little bit about, you know, playing this past summer in the PLL um it helped I mean keeping your stick in your hand that's that's what we tell every kid when they ask Mm -hmm. for advice is always have your stick in your hand um I mean we have uh the the major league at home this series uh the the indoor senior a but Mm -hmm. I I I think just playing year-round um you kind of don't lose that like when we had what was it two years off for COVID like coming back I, I mean you could tell everyone's rusty like guys are guys are like, whoa, this is lacrosse again. Right. So, um, being able to play year round is great. Um, quick stint in the PLL, the Redwoods are awesome. They're a really good team. Um, I'm hoping to be back next season. Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's so many really good field lacrosse players, um, that, that are up and coming as well, as well as in the league now. So it's, it's with, I don't know how many teams there are now, eight or nine, but it's tough to crack a roster now. Sure. No, for sure. But uh, we look forward to seeing you, you know, definitely both in the field and box. And we got plenty of season left with the mammoth as well. Um, We're going to move now onto our five and five segment. I'll ask five lacrosse questions. I don't ask five off the floor questions, more quick hitters, fun answers, hopefully. Um, And the first one I like to ask is, do you have any pregame superstitions or routines? Um, a few, the one I would say is, uh, I, I only put my rights or I put everything on right side before left side. That's kind mm-hmm. of a, a big, like if I, if I put my left shoe on first, I'll have to take both shoes off and put the right <laughs> shoe on and then the left shoe. That's actually more common. I feel like too, that the more and more we talk, I feel like that's an answer. Someone, whether it's left to right or right to left, they have yeah. to do it a certain way. Otherwise it's throws them off. Yeah. I, I don't think we've had anyone that goes left to right yet. I, I could be wrong, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not positive. I think, every, I think everyone's strictly right to left so far. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, what's been your favorite venue to play lacrosse at? And that can be field or box. Uh, favorite venue playing the national championship. We got smoked, but at Gillette was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I would honestly say either there's three amazing venues in, uh, in the NLL Calgary, Saskatchewan, and Colorado. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the best Saskatchewan is nuts they're diehard fans they're absolutely crazy so that that's a good one to play at yeah that those three answers are probably the top answers that and then uh bandit land although you know again bandit land's another one that's tough to play in so depends on who's given the answer i guess but yeah. those are got to be the top four that um people mention yeah. i feel like yeah, yeah number three what is your current stick setup uh in terms of head shaft and stringing and uh kind of how does it vary too from field and box if at all um so i use a a gate torque um string king shaft and i couldn't tell you what mesh i (laughs) i don't string my sticks um i have other guys do them and 
it doesn't change for box and field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I only have my stick one way. It's, it's, it's a pretty shallow pocket. And it, it's, there's not much to it. A lot of people mm-hmm. think I, they, the joke used to be in university that I just grabbed the, the stick off Walmart or from Walmart <laughs> and just used it. So <laughs> that's what, a lot of guys grab my stick in the locker room. and think it's a D guy stick. It's, it's not a nice stick. <laughs> you gotta, gotta get it in and out. Right. For those yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it works for me. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, number four, who's the lacrosse player you looked up to when you were younger or has been a mentor during your career? Uh, John Grant Jr. He, he 100%. He coached me uh, how old. I would have been like 15, 14 years old just before going to RIT. Uh, still in high school. He, he coached me on a travel team at home. Um, it, it's his team. And then coming to Colorado he was out here and then he got me on the outlaws he's been he's been he's been huge he's got me to a lot of places where probably if I didn't know him a a lot of them wouldn't happen so definitely junior how was it like playing with him with the outlaws too you know when he came back out of retirement because he was originally your coach for a little while and then he came out of retirement you got to play with him and you guys had some good chemistry on the outlaws yeah he's he's awesome he's he's so easy to play with he's you know, he can pass, he can score, he can do whatever he wants out there. So he was a lot of fun. He was, he was like Jackie Moon. He was coaching us. And <laughs> us. It, was, it was pretty funny, but he's, he's an awesome guy. Um, so easy to play with. So easy to learn from, listen to. He's great. That's awesome. Now this might be your answer for this next question, but if they made an NLL video game, who would you say deserves to be on the cover? <laughs> Junior. <Yeah. laughs> That's easy. <laughs> I, I figured that would be your answer, but I had to at least ask it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely junior. He's, he's probably the, well, I would say the most known name in lacrosse. He's, he's crazy talented. So every kid knows him growing up. For sure. He he could honestly be just, if they made a lacrosse video game with box and and field, he could be just on the cover. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh, I'll take the off the field question. So uh, number one, still sports related. Who's an athlete in another sport right now that you really love watching? Uh, Right now, uh, I'm a Leafs fan, so watching Matthews uh, is a lot of fun. But McDavid is always a treat to uh, for sure to get to see. He's he's pretty crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's an understatement. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, number two, uh, what are some hobbies or activities you enjoy when you're not on the floor? Um, working pretty much consumes my whole life. But other than that, I'm a big I'm big into cycling. Okay. Um, I just picked up, I actually just got a bike at the start of COVID, like a road bike. And I've, I've been going nuts with it. Um, nice. so that's a big part. I don't know anything else. We, we get to, uh, go to avalanche games out here and, uh, and, and some nuggets games. So it's nice. pretty fun. I just got a puppy too. So that consumes the other half of my life. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> I got one too this past summer, so I know how how of a handful they can be. Yeah, and, and I and yeah, and I had a kid, so we're all we're all dealing with there that we go. <laughs> the last couple last couple months. Oh, man, COVID was a wild time, huh? Um, uh, so number three, favorite spot to vacation? Um, God, if I had the time, I'd vacation, but <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. I would. We've been going into the mountains the past couple of weekends nice. um, on our bye weekends and going snowboarding and stuff. So I would say that right now. I haven't been to like a a hot vacation, like a hot weather place in sure. probably like six years. So okay. either either the mountains or when I'm at home, we have a cottage up north. So it's we get up there a lot and, and nice. go on the lake. That's awesome. Nice. Uh, number four, favorite meal. Favorite meal. I would have to say uh probably surf and turf that's usually my uh yeah we we have a restaurant called the keg i don't know if it's out here but we have a it's called the keg at home and it's they got they got steak and lobster and it's it's good that's usually my go-to one there nice yeah you can never go wrong with that that's a good one uh and number five are you binging anything right now whether it's book podcast tv any shows or anything you'd recommend uh not a big reader but shows i'm season four of Yellowstone which is insane just yeah. started probably like three weeks a month ago maybe so I've been cruising through that um we just started succession okay which I'm not I'm not I just we're only on like episode three so I'm not fully into it but Yellowstone is like above and beyond it's so good yeah I uh, I'm on season like two right now I started a couple like a couple months ago it's wild I, I I feel the same way about succession too like 
I don't, there's like not a likable character other than what, like Tom maybe or something like that on Succession, I feel it's like. It's tough right now. I, I'm yeah. hoping it gets better, but I'm, yeah. I'm, we're stuck. We got, we started it and then we actually, my girlfriend and I just got, we got smoked with COVID as the rest of the league. Sure. So um, we've been stuck in the apartment for the whole weekend. So I think we watched like two seasons of Yellowstone. Nice. So it's, it's been intense. It's a crazy show. Yeah, it's definitely. Yellowstone's been, been a common answer, Adam. I feel like yep. the past three in a row, right? Someone yeah. said yeah, man, you got you got now Hutton. You got to check it out now, right? I know, I do, and and I would stick with Succession. It's definitely an acquired taste, um, because I agree there really isn't a likable character on it. But the way I compare it, it's like a train wreck you just can't stop watching. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I do recommend like sticking with it. If if you don't enjoy it by getting through like season one, uh, then you probably won't like it. You know, two or three. But if you do like stay hooked, um, I think it, it gets better each season. I think, but. It's again like an acquired taste. If you don't like it right off the the bat, like then you know it might not be the show for you. Definitely is a, a weird good. show. I'm into it. It's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of I don't know if you guys watch Suits, but it's kind of like the same idea as that. Sure. Just yeah. intense corporate like, stuff. Crazy. Yeah, it's like a it's dark comedy too. Like you know, it's like kind of yeah. funny, but you're like kind of like feel bad laughing sometimes too. But um, that wraps up our our five and five. I like to end on one final question and that is what is some advice that you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally? Uh, like I said earlier, always keep your stick in your hand and mm. reach out like opportunity, like travel teams, anything you can kind of play lacrosse. Um, and when like I go, we go coach uh, the guys on our team in Denver, we go help out with some teams and like, just ask questions as a kid, you're asking like some of the best, you're getting to coach with some of the best players in the world. Right. So any question you can ask, it's not a stupid question. Just, I mean, kind of, if you have any doubts or anything, just ask how you can fix it. And no, all I think that's a great tons of wall ball. Yep. Tons of wall ball. Absolutely. Now, well, we appreciate you hopping on Ryan. Best of luck going forward this season with the mammoth and uh, we appreciate you hopping on. Cool. Thanks a lot guys. So we appreciate Ryan hopping on uh, mammoth are off again, once again, this weekend, um, but, you know, sitting pretty good in the West right now, second overall in the West division, um, you know, with a three and one record. So obviously, you know, more games to be played early season, but um, looking pretty good so far, quite a career night for Ryan Lee, but we appreciate him hopping on. Uh, let's get into these NLL games this week, Adam, um, you know, ton of great games. I might've last week prematurely said last week was the best weekend because mm-hmm. This weekend was great. Every game was decided by one goal, except for Swarm Bandits. And, oh, that one was decided by two goals. So close contests all around. Um, Let's start off talking about Bandits and Thunderbirds. Both of them got a win this weekend. Both remain undefeated, Um, you know, albeit some tight games. Swarm pushed the Bandits. The Buffalo still came away with a two-goal win, but that was their lowest win margin of the season. And then the Thunderbirds defeated Toronto in OT, where, you know, it was a little bit more comfortable for them last time facing Toronto. But, um thoughts on these two teams which team has impressed you the most so far yeah you know it it may be recency bias you know the the their squad uh a large number of players won a championship with the chaos and they really uh just continued that uh once they hit the floor uh in the nll this season so um but i i'd lean bandits at the moment just because uh they're all around game but halifax is going to be uh a team to reckon with and i i would i'm so bummed that game got uh postponed since this weekend mm-hmm. was supposed to be uh the the halifax uh buffalo game so we'll just have to wait a little bit longer for that one to see uh this uh this match against two two really strong teams yeah unfortunately that game got postponed uh it's got moved to february so i'll have to wait a little bit longer it's supposed to be this weekend um definitely would have been my game to watch if it was this weekend um but the clash between the undefeated teams will occur a little bit later um but yeah i'd agree i like bandits right now i think up and down i think they're um, you know, slightly better team. That's not saying much because I think these are the top two teams in the league right now. Um, you know, I think this could be, uh, you know, a semifinal matchup that we get. Um, so, you know, two top East teams, uh, that race for the top uh, crown in the East is definitely going to be tight. Um, but right now I'm, I'm leaning bands too, just based on the firepower, you know, and Matt Vincent Cage, you know, a, a former Rochester Nighthawk himself, um, you know, obviously playing, you know, at a peak level, like we've known him to uh, his entire career. So um, that is definitely the game I'm going to watch. It's definitely going to be a one goal game, in my opinion, when these two teams hit the floor, Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I'm leaning bandits right now. Um, You know, you asked me at the beginning of the season, I'd say Thunderbirds and, you know, who knows what I'll say at the end of the season, but um, that is definitely 
uh, a game I'm looking forward to. And I definitely think they're the two top teams, you know, they're undefeated for a reason, but, you know, sometimes schedule kind of leads to better records. Uh, right now, I, I think it, schedule regardless, I think those are the two top teams. Uh, I'd probably put a healthy Seals team up there, maybe number three, but um, hard to argue with the two undefeated teams right now. And uh, the Thunderbirds were able to defeat, you know, another team that I think is one healthy, um, a top team in the Toronto Rock. And there were some milestones in that game, you know, unfortunately it was played without fans, but Dan Dawson uh, reached his 300th game. Uh, again, I wish it was in front of fans, you know, hopefully he'll get a standing ovation at their next home game. Um, but not only did he play in his 300th game, he's now sitting at second all time in points with 1,447 after passing John Grant Jr. this weekend. He's now 302 points behind John Tavares for the most all time. Um, to me, it feels a little bit like Obi chasing Gretzky. Um, I think uh, Dan Dawson, unfortunately, has a little bit more work cut out from him. Um, he's averaged 4.82 points per game during his career, which is just absurd. Um, so, but even at that pace, he'd reach 60 in 63 games or three and a half seasons. Um, and that's a little bit more unrealistic to expect given his age, um, since he's been averaging 2.58 uh, since 2017 points per game. So I don't know if he's going to actually catch Tavares. I don't know if anyone will ever catch John Tavares. Um, right now, it doesn't seem like it. Never want to say never, say never, because we you know everyone thought Gretzky's record was untouchable. And I think Ovechkin has a shot. But um, thoughts on Dan Dawson's career so far and what he's done for the NLL. Um, and, you know, despite probably not catching JT on moving second all time in points. Yeah, I mean, first off, of course you think Alexander Ovechkin is going to catch Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> That's a little biased by you uh, as a Cavs fan. Uh, I think it's possible too, but I just had to point that out. But yeah, I really enjoyed watching him uh, for a season in Philly. Uh, he had over 100 points. He's had over 100 points three times in his career. The last time he hit that 100-point mark was with Philly. So um, yeah, just an absolutely phenomenal career. And it's not over yet, right? So uh he can he'll continue to climb uh because he'll he'll continue to stay dominant yeah no i i think he'll end up second all time in points but uh definitely wants to you know pad that out there's still some other guys playing this league on that list too uh you know we talked to ryan banesh a couple weeks ago so you know he's moving up that list as well but yeah um phenomenal career i mean 40 years old to be playing lacrosse i know we saw john grant jr do it i know we've seen you know gary gate do it but like still i i can't imagine you know i i cringe at the thought of me playing you know in a rec lacrosse let alone being 40 years old and, and being able to do it so yeah phenomenal career for dangerous dan dawson and we hope he you know ends up continuing to move up that list and you know hopefully his toronto rock season ends on a high note you know looking for a championship again um so um definitely the rock i think have a chance to do it um and i know that's definitely probably more on his goals list right now than uh you know the points list so um congrats to him and hopefully he gets the ovation he deserves too uh when he returns to toronto and they have some fans in the building hopefully but um yeah gotta give some shout outs to dan dawson um you know Rivalry that's uh, maybe not as old as Dan Dawson's career, but it's still alive and well is the Firewolves versus the Wings, you know, the old Wings versus the new Wings. Um, thoughts on this game, Adam, you know, with the Firewolves coming out with another close victory, uh, sometimes just seems the Wings just, you know, can't seem to pull, pull away um, and, and get this win from this Firewolves team, you know, previously the Black Wolves, but uh, thoughts on this game? Yeah, it was a, definitely a fun one to watch. I, I felt like uh, it might have been just me, but it just felt like it was uh, the Firewolves game for, for the most part. At the end, it, it got close there um, in the fourth quarter with Corey Small scoring a couple to, to tie it late. And, you know, you thought, are we going to get another one of these late run rallies uh, from the wings like, like we have? We mentioned last week, you know, they seem to be on, on the right side uh, of these games usually, and it wasn't the case uh this week you know uh blaze scored a, a late one but they weren't able to tie it up uh it was definitely a fun one to watch a little chippy uh that mm -hmm. before they entered the locker room at halftime which, which was uh, fun to see but glad to see uh despite the loss zach higgins was back in cage at 47 saves for for the wing so uh they're just gonna have to rebound from this one and, and before they have a couple games coming up uh this uh coming weekend so um but definitely a, a big win for for this uh, albany squad um and uh, excited to see what they do going forward. Yeah, they moved to 500. And, you know, again, despite them, you know, different name, uh, this rivalry is still alive and well. These teams definitely do not like each other. Um, you know, not too much roster turnover when the Firewolves went to Albany. So 
definitely a rivalry we're going to monitor throughout the season as well. Um, you know, a lot of great rivalries in this league, but this is definitely one of the top five, in my opinion, right now. Um, but yeah, you know, wings again against a tough opponent, you know, I, I, they've been able to play well and pull out wins against, in my opinion, inferior opponents. I think the firewolves are right on par with them. Um, unfortunately they couldn't get it done, but, um, yeah, I, I think these are two definitely playoff teams. Um, it's interesting to see how they shake out in the East just because the East is so loaded, but, uh, definitely, definitely going to look forward to round two when they, they show up against each other again in Albany. Yeah. And, you know, kind of talking about the face-off side of things, we mentioned that coming into this game, uh, mm-hmm. Joe, Joe, Nardo, Joe Nardella, uh, really had Trevor Baptiste number. He won 14 of 21, uh, face-offs. They went uh, against each other every time. And, uh, when the wings scored late, uh, it kind of came down to that final possession and, and Nard, Nards won that one. So, um, so just something to, to watch going forward as well as the season progresses. You know, and I've loved seeing these two players game evolve, you know, due to the box. And I think it's really helped them in the field. I mean, we've already known Joe Nardella can, you know, push it on offense and, and score or assist players. Um, You know, he had essentially the game winner, winner against Saskatchewan the last week. Um, and, you know, same with Trevor Baptiste, you know, I think he's a little bit more physical now, you know, both in the field, uh, obviously definitely in box, but um, definitely enjoyed seeing both their, those players game evolve um, now that they've been playing box for a couple of years under their belt. And moving on, let's talk uh, Panther City Riptide, both teams looking for their first one. Unfortunately, one would not come away with a victory. Uh, it was the battle between the Orleman brothers, Steve Orleman and Kevin Orleman um, going at it. Both played pretty well. Um, in this game, you know, despite it being a high scoring affair, um, got to see the return of Jeff Teat. Uh, you know, the Panther City went up by six at one point and Riptide, they don't have any quit. You know, they may be owned four right now, but this team can still make some noise. I think, again, I don't know if they're a playoff team, just given how loaded the, you know, the East is, but um, I still think, you know, it, this season isn't lost so far and they're much better, I think, than last season when we saw them, but uh, Panther city gets their first win in franchise history off of Patrick Dodds in overtime thoughts on this game and, uh, and Panther city, you know, finally getting that first dub. Yeah. You gotta be happy uh, for Panther city and, and Tracy Koluski to get that first one on the ball. And I know I, I talked about it in previous pods, but Patrick Dodds is, is just absolutely legit. I'm excited to just watch him play for years to come. And, and this was a, a fun one uh, to watch. Like you said, there, there wasn't any quit in that uh, riptide squad. So um, definitely a, a good one. And we know Callum Crawford as a goal scorer, right? Generally, but he had seven assists in this one. So a different uh, game from, from him in this one. Um, but yeah, I love seeing the Oralman brothers go up against one another. Uh, I love on the uh, NLL page, Steve Oralman's photo is him in his helmet, which is kind of funny. I kind of love that, <laughs> um, which, which is awesome. So, but uh, yeah, no, definitely fun uh, to watch them go up against one another. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for Panther City to get that first dub and uh, Riptides uh, will be hopefully not too far behind. Yeah, yeah, I think they might maybe get a win uh, this weekend, actually. We'll get to our game picks a little bit later, but uh, mentioned Panther City, you know, they improved to one and three, uh, a team that is now falling to one and three is the rush. Um, so, you know, they, unfortunately they dropped their game against the seals. Seals were pretty embattled with COVID, uh, you know, players on the COVID protocol list too. Um, despite that rush still couldn't get it done. Another close game, one goal game. Um, you know, you, you can't get be too disappointed in the rush. They played some tough competition to start the season. The West is, you know, I mean, I said the East is low. The West is still very competitive as well. Uh, they lost Connor Robinson this offseason along with Ben McIntosh, Evan Kirk, Travis Cornwall. So, you know, those are big pieces. Obviously, they added some pieces, you know, Matt Beers and um, Josh Courier and a few other pieces as well. Um, but I, I think that's hurt them a little bit. With the exception of their loss to Albany, though, they played in one-goal games. So they could easily be 3-1 and one right now as well. So 1-3 and three right now, not 3-1, and one, unfortunately, um, you know. GM Derek Keenan has talked about how he's not afraid to make some moves. So are we going to see some moves on the horizon? Is it time to hit the button or do you think the rush are just kind of going through a tough stretch because of their tough schedule so far? I mean, yeah, based off of uh, that schedule, it it obviously has been pretty tough. I don't think it's time to hit the panic button just yet based off of uh, the guys on that roster, like Robert Church and and Mark Matthews. Uh, But 
there's room for improvement, right? So some mm -hmm. small changes we talked about, uh, kind of working at the margins when we had the PLL chat. Uh, same thing goes for for kind of roster construction in the NLL. You know, uh, a, a spark plug is is something that uh, could really uh, help this team at the moment. So uh, definitely could see uh, a trade happening for sure. Um, but from the uh, seal side, it was awesome for for Justin Getty to get his first victory in cage, mm -hmm. which was which was really exciting um for for them and, and for a seal squad uh who like you said w was down a number of players to pull pull out a victory uh was absolutely huge especially going down uh as the season progresses um i know it's early still but every win counts uh, when it comes for seeding and those types of things so definitely a big win for for the seals and uh time for uh, the rush to regroup and kind of try and figure things out yeah no and luckily a lot of these teams do have a bye week this week so they're able to kind of regroup um and you know give the seals credit too like you said a lot of players on the COVID list going to a tough building in saskatchewan we know how tough that is to play in there so um yeah credit to them um but as i mentioned not too many games this weekend we only got three um my matchup to kind of watch for is this friday night one swarms versus nighthawks because i haven't seen the nighthawks in a while still don't know what to really make of them swarm are playing every team tight but just can't manage to to really squeak out some of these close wins um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on these matchups this weekend, Adam? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see with three games. We have three games and, and two teams both playing uh, two games apiece in the Nighthawks and, and Wings. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how, how those teams battle on the back-to-backs. For, for my picks, uh, I have the Swarm over Nighthawks. Uh, I have the Wings beating Rochester uh, and then the Wings beating the Riptide. Unfortunately for the Riptide, uh, they don't get uh, that first victory of the season if I have anything to say about it. I felt uh, dirty not picking the wings last week, um, even though I was correct. I think they, they get those two victories. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be interesting with these back-to-backs. So I kind of took the approach that, um, you know, it's going to be tough to play these back-to-back -back games. You know, we see teams do decent when they have a, you know, a day between if they're playing Friday and Sunday. I mean, playing Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday, it's tough to do. Um, so I personally, I like the, the Nighthawks to win that first game on Friday. I like the wings to be able to beat the Nighthawks on short rest. And then I like the Riptide to beat the wings on short rest. You know, we saw a tight game between the wings and Riptide before. I think it will be another one. And I think given the short rest, um, I think gives Riptide a slight advantage. They'll also have, you know, Jeff Teat back, which definitely helps too. So I'm going Nighthawks, wings, Riptide. Um, saw a lot to like about the Swarm, but I think this Nighthawks team is a little bit better than we maybe realize. I need to still see more before I can label them, you know, potential playoff contender. Um, but definitely looking forward to that Friday matchup. And I think we'll learn a little bit more about these two teams when we do, but that wraps up this episode. A lot to talk about, obviously both in the PLL and the NLL. Hopefully we'll get some athletes and limited news too, as well. Cause we do cover three different professional lacrosse leagues on this podcast, but we appreciate you guys listening as always if you tuned in to spotify and watch this episode we appreciate that as well appreciate ryan lee hopping on the podcast looking forward to their next matchup and um, we appreciate you guys as always as listeners for tuning in each week to another episode of pro lacrosse talk <laughs>